Dan Sedano. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. The secret sauce. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I will jump through the radio to come into your house and help you right now. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Sugar man. Won't you hurry? Cause I'm tired of these scenes. For a blue coin, won't you bring back all those colors to my dreams? Silver magic ships you carry, jumpers, coke, sweet Mary Jane. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Bending in life. Nobody bent better than Sixto Rodriguez, who's singing that song. I'm so excited. I'm joined right now by the great Dr. Michael Collins. Michael, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Oh, it's not so early in Chicago, but thanks. Thanks for having me on the best radio show in Los Angeles. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited. I thought about what I was going to talk to you all week, and I spoke to your son, and I said, is your dad a big sports fan? He's a big sport, a big Chicago sports fan. I said, all right, who's his favorite athlete? Figuring you were going to say Michael Jordan. But your son, Matt, says Stan Mikita. I'm going, why would this guy pick Stan Mikita, who I had heard of, but of all people, it would be Bobby Hull maybe. No, Stan Mikita. So I looked into Stan Mikita and learned What a beautiful story about Stan Mikita. Why was Stan Mikita such an important part of your life? Well, as a child, I admired him as a hockey player. uh, And as my life went on, I eventually wound up seeing him as a patient a time or two, playing golf with him a few times. He was one of the nicest uh, gentlemen that I've ever met in any walk of life. Mm. And I loved earlier in the show, you talked about how he was a terror on the ice. He got more Mm -hmm. penalties than anybody and just overnight turned it around and became one of the most uh, kindest and gentlemanly players in hockey. So he, there's a lot to admire about him. You know, I love the aha moment, and I love that Canadian accent. Yeah, let's listen, and I want to hear your reaction to Bobby Hull hearing Stan Mikitas tell him how you can feel the difference in that shot. So while he was going downstairs, you know, in Chicago, we had yeah. to go downstairs to the dressing room. He grabbed a puck out in front of the net, and he fired it in, and I'm watching him. In the net he goes, fishes it out, come back. he came back again, fired it in. He did this six times. So I said to the guys in the bench, some of the guys were practicing down at the other end, I said, look at Makita, he's really kookaloo now. <laughs> I said, look at what he's doing. So he came up and I said, Stan, what were you doing? Firing the puck in the net, fishing it out, firing it. He said, Bobby, he said, when I tried to break my stick, he said, I put a hook in the blade, and he said, can you ever fire it? Can you ever fire it? That aha moment. Tell me, Dr. Collins, tell me about what it's like to have an aha moment in your life. Well, I guess for me, the aha moment was uh, I graduated from college uh, and was a typical immature boy. didn't know what I wanted to do, and I kind of drifted into construction work for a couple of years. And I was at work one day when one of the guys said to me, uh, we'd had a particularly hard day. Uh, we were all sweating and dying of heat and thirst. And he said, what are you doing here? 
um, you know, this is a poor guy who had no education and he knew I was a college kid and had a lot of doors open to me that weren't open to him. And he just said, you're pissing your life away. Uh, and it, it, that was the aha moment for me. I had really never thought about what I wanted to be when I grew up because I don't know, maybe I didn't want to grow up. But mm-hmm. from that moment on, I started to think, you know, I need to do more than drink beer and play hockey all the night. Mm-hmm. So I uh, thought about med school. I did not major in pre-med, so I had to go back and take two years of pre-med. And then, you know, fortunately, was lucky enough to get into med school and become an orthopedic surgeon like you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Here's another. I mean, I can't talk to Michelangelo. He's dead for 500 years, but I can talk to you. And I want to pick your brain. Dr. Ranawat, who was my teacher at special surgery, taught me the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. But on the radio, the ears don't hear what the mind doesn't know. Listen to Eric Clapton describing why he rejected Rosewood, which I don't even know what he's talking about, as the next shape for his Fender Stratocaster and prefers the maple wood because he can bend the strings, which is really what he's after. I think I'd played a, a rosewood on, on a Jaguar or a Jazzmaster in the Arbors, and I didn't like the feel of it. It felt resistant to bending. It, it felt like the grain was quite prominent on a rose. You know, the, um, there was a definite feel to that where you felt like you were going across the grain if you tried to bend the strings and I never got that with this was it was just like almost marble or something it was so smooth tell us about feel as a surgeon you've using your fingers but the metaphor of feeling that you feel it's right not to become a psychiatrist a pediatrician the feel is what we do as orthopedic surgeons when did you have that moment when you said yep this is what I want to do with my hands 